we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Ladies and gentlemen, entities of all shapes, sizes, and states of substantiation, I'm Sequoia Kennedy. And I'm Willow Truman. Welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. Yes. Yes. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you very much for being here with us. We're glad you could join us again. The sun's shining. Birds are chirping. The yes. colors are bright. And the government is spying on us. <laughs> no. And demons are real. Yeah. And we're, that's a... Uh... No, they're not. Well... Well, they are. In a way. In a way, yeah. As in they are things that exist in our reality, concepts that are real, mm. that are that do affect people. And can perhaps concepts have a life of their own? I think so. But that's what we're talking about today. We are talking about demons, specifically the goetic spirits contained within the Ars Goetia of the Lamegaton Lesser Key of Solomon, the most infamous book of black magic in history. That's like a lot of words that sound like nonsense. It's also a lot of words that are, in fact, nonsense. Oh, okay. A lot of those don't mean anything at all. Goisha. Don't know. Oh, that, uh, that one's not so much nonsense. Okay. Which one's nonsense? Lamegaton. Lamegaton. Fucking no idea what that is. That is a transformer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lamegaton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, Optimus Prime. Look, it's Lamegaton. <laughs> <laughs> what would Lamegaton look like? A like, rabbi. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's scary. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So, um, I'm really excited because this is uh, the first time that like I get to talk about the only shit that I feel comfortable calling myself sort of knowledgeable about. Just so happens that this is uh, the topic that most people, most fucking squares, consider to be the most bullshit out of all the bullshit that comes out of my mouth. Well... You're going to learn today. Yeah. Like, did you hear me immediately say, no, they're not. Yeah, real. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. put me in the camp of dummies. Well, yeah. Teach me, school me. I will. So, yeah, we're talking about the spookiest of the spookier arts, the darkest of dark sorcery, the forbidden knowledge and Faustian bargains that can raise a man to godhood or deliver him into the jaws of madness and the annihilation of the soul. Yeah. We're talking magic and the demons of King Solomon, the mysterious grimoire called the Lamegaton, and the manner by which those brave enough, righteous enough, or stupid enough may summon the goetic spirits that they may do their bidding. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's sort of the pulp fiction version of demons. Yeah. I, I think the reality is more interesting. Okay. So, like, the reason why I... I, I'm choosing not to believe in them, by the way, cool. because if I do, then that puts me at risk of their influence over my life, right? My conception of it, um, and I'm going to save what I think these things actually are till the end, but okay. I would say that it might be more dangerous not to believe in them. Oh, yes. Uh -oh. Yes. So I mentioned the... Lesser Key of Solomon, as the most infamous book of black magic in history. It's not really. It's actually fairly modern. But it is the book that, you know, when you think of guys and gals dressing up in robes and drawing spooky circles on the ground, mm -hmm. they're, nowadays they're using the Lesser Key of Solomon as the instructions. And the spirits within it, the goetic demons, are some of the most fascinating and misunderstood entities in all of the spiritual traditions. From a practical standpoint, 
Also, demonic magic is not what anyone thinks it is. Neither the layperson nor, unfortunately, the majority of practitioners. And I'm going to trust Willow here to keep me from going too far into the theoretical and technical weeds because okay. the theoretical and technical weeds of magical practice is like my favorite shit in the world. Yeah, we so, need to give people like and myself a more elementary understanding. Yeah, first. yeah, I think I, 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 I think I condensed it down pretty well. And I wanted to talk about this because while earlier fiction has generally stayed away from the Goetic spirits and focused on the other evil hell spawn of myth like Satan, you know, Lucifer, uh, the Goetic demons have been cropping up more and more in media as of late. The, the film Hereditary featured the Goetic demon Paimon in an important plot role, or so I'm told. I didn't see it. I hate horror movies. Yet, here I am. Mm-hmm. Calling myself an expert on I feel on like um, I've never watched it, but um, Neon Genesis... Yeah, Neon Genesis like, Evangelion. I feel like those creatures are very much like these types of... Those are the Anakian angels. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, like the fallen angels, the watchers. Evangelion? Semyaza, like the AI that I was talking to <laughs> earlier today brought up. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Evangelion's almost i think it's cooler because it's like the angels like not the fallen yeah, yeah. ones it's like these are so what's, angels. what's the difference between like these demons and like the fallen angels and like the devil so yeah that's the that's the thing because they are different <sighs> but some of the goetic demons are some fallen okay. angels some of them are not some of them are it's a weird it's like a hodge. grab bag it's a grab bag that's been put together Condensed over time yeah yeah and, like, the thing is, people are getting more and more knowledgeable about them, sort of. And, like, I'm always seeing online, like, posts from people giving public acknowledgement and praise of these demons and thanks for doing something for them. And I, I pulled one oh, up cool. just randomly because it, literally I just, like, went on uh, a subreddit and it's just, like, on the front page because, like, someone today just needed to thank, who is it? Oh, Prince Seer. Uh, let's uh, read a little bit of this. 18 days ago, so not that recent. But this is just one form. That's very recent. Yeah. Hails and a very huge thank you, all caps, to the mighty Prince Seer. What happened yesterday, May 6th, 2021, is without a doubt the best and fastest working demon evocation that I have ever performed with great success when invoking you, Prince Seer. I have made posts on other sites and public forums because my offering was fame and public proclamations of the power and goodly kindness of the 70th spirit in the Goetia, the great Prince Seer, and testifying as to what he has done for me, telling others of his deeds, which helped me in a major way, and encouraging others to seek this demon, evoke him, and call upon his mighty powers for aid, assistance, power, wisdom, and knowledge. Believe me or not, the choice is yours. I am still giving Seer the fame and telling others of his great deeds that he did Oh my god, this goes on for like 10 pages. Holy shit. Holy shit. Shit, like, this is so long. You know, I feel bad that this person can't just, you know, acknowledge their own achievements and be like, you know what? Go me. I did it. Like, thanks to the demon that helped me. But yeah, I did it, too. You know, I mean, I'm not actually going to read all of this because it is <laughs> so lot. long. So I don't know what the demon did for him. I mean, maybe it was something insane. But the point is, you can just search like demon thank yous or, or anything and you'll just find tons of posts from people because yeah. the lore goes that you have to. Some people say you have to. Some people say it's a nice thing to do to offer something to the demons right. in return. And like That's now that fair. the Internet's available, everyone just goes for the cheapest, easiest, least skin off their back way of doing it, which is just offering them a public acknowledgement and wow. then just smacking on the keyboard. So a bit. lame. Like at it's least go lame. draw their sigil like somewhere in public. Yeah. You know, do yeah, something yeah. cool. I mean, you can, but it, you can even like 
eat an apple, like offer them an apple because they like sensory experiences and yeah. interacting with the real world, allegedly. Now I'm talking about them like they're physically No, real. no, no. That's the good information, though. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's what I want. So, yeah. So people do believe in these things right now. It's not an ancient thing. It's not. Uh, it's a right now thing. So without further ado, let's get into it. The word demon comes from the Greek daimones, which were lesser spirits that did things. The root word of daimon means to provide or divide. They're forces that work, you know, in the material world. The demons that made their way into Western magic did so through the channels that everything in Western magic did, the Abrahamic religions. Some of the demons in the canon are mentioned in the Bible, the Talmud, or the Gnostic texts. And there are a few books from the High Middle Ages that list all of these demons. The most important and influential books were Johann Weyer's Pseudomonarchia Daimonum, the False Hierarchy of Demons from 1563, Trithemius's 1499 Stenographia, the 15th century French text Livre des Esprits, or the Book of Spirits. And there's a whole bunch of overlap between the different demon Pokédexes, basically. So, like, what year are these um, uh, coming out? Like, the, 14th century, 15th century? The Pseudomonarchia Daimonum was 1563. The okay. Stenographia was 1499. And the uh, Book of Spirits was a French text uh, from the 1400s. The French stuff is interesting. There's a lot of influence in that shit from uh, the French occult traditions, but there's like not a lot of surviving source material from that. Yeah, that's where the um, like the Goetic sigils come from. Is right. it's a French style, but we don't really understand why or where. So that's the earliest. Of course, it like draws from traditions that are older than itself. It but... does, but that's that's when like they started to get collected into the okay. Pokedex. <laughs> if uh, you've ever played yeah. Pokemon, yes, it's the same thing. And there are a few who get cut as the years go on or smashed together. You know how it goes. But like all magical texts, there seems to be a line of knowledge and teaching that, although it gets corrupted bit by bit along the way, it remains remarkably consistent across the centuries. People that give a shit about magic really, really give a shit about magic. But all those books I mentioned, that's the last time I'm going to mention them. Oh, that's okay. It. Yeah. Uh, okay. Because none of those books told you how to do the thing. They didn't give you... <clears throat> the ritual instructions, the That's spooky true. geometry. They didn't tell you what you had to yell at the bastards. They didn't give you any instructions for how to catch the Pokemon. Yeah, all it does is like give you the sigil and then usually like three sentences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. like that's it. And they're very vague. Yep. Uh, and so the list of demons we're going to talk about today comes from a book written after all of those. The Lamegaton Lesser Key of Solomon. Uh, I love it. Lamegaton. I, I love it so much. The Lamegaton Lesser Key of Solomon the King. And it's actually a collection of books. Uh, Dr. Justin Sledge uh, of the YouTube channel Esoterica. I, I recommend his channel very, very much. He's like the only person I've found doing um, like a really well-produced academic scholarly show on esoteric knowledge and the occult he like he studied hermetic philosophy at the university of amsterdam like he knows his fucking shit i uh, really recommend his channel uh, he describes the lesser key of solomon as a micro magical library it contains four or five different texts depending on the edition the one we're going to talk about today is the first in the collection it's called the ars goetia and to understand the lesser key of solomon and the ars goetia we first have to get a basic overview of who king solomon is and why i'm keep bringing him up you know, yeah. King, King, Solomon, King Solomon, the famous guy. The famous He's guy. Like super famous. He's like super famous. What, you've never heard of him? Sequoia, name like three of his songs. Oh, shit, I can't actually. <laughs> I really can't. Uh, he's known for, he built the first temple. Yeah, he's got that temple. He's got that temple. 
He was the wisest dude who's ever lived and ever will live, so they say. And I, I'd love to do a whole episode on him in the future because he's really fascinating as a character. But here's the gist. So King Solomon, as a character in religious, spiritual, magical texts, uh, I, this is why I use the word spooky so much because I just don't want to say that string of words over and over again. Mm -hmm. So King Solomon as a character in all the spooky texts is one of the first instances of a very well-known archetype, the motherfucker who's too wise, too intelligent, and too capable for his own good. He does wondrous things and does a lot of great shit, like building the first temple in Jerusalem, but he's pathologically tempted to push it further always. And because he's the wisest of all men, the wisest who's ever lived, he gets wrapped up in forbidden things. It's the same archetype as like the doctor from Doctor Who, Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks, those guys. Although Solomon did a lot more fucking than either of them. Yeah, yeah. Solomon fucked. So, <laughs> so, so growing up, the only story I'd really heard about him uh, was the whole bit about two women bringing this kid. And they're both like, they're like, bringing, I imagine they're bringing him in like, each one's holding one hand of this kid and they're like walking yeah. him up and they're both like, that's my kid. No, that's my kid. And homeboy being the wisest man and also the king has to hear this shit and decide who gets the kid. So he goes, I got it. He pulls out a sword and he goes, all right. So since I don't know who the little shit slid out of, it's only fair. I'm going to chop the lad in half and you get you each get half a kid. It's a disgusting way of putting <laughs> it. Slid out of. I'm sure there was some pushing involved. Oh. Unless he was a very tiny kid. A tiny boy. He's <laughs> a tiny He's boy. Like six inches tall. So it's all he goes, all right, I'm going to fucking cut him in half. You both walk away with half a kid. You're going to be good. And uh, one woman goes, oh, Solomon. Yeah, that's that's why you're so wise, Solomon. It's such a great solution to our problem. And the other woman goes, yo, what the fuck? You fucking psychopath. You're not chopping up this kid. Jesus Christ, let her have him. Holy shit, I don't, I wash my hands of this. Okay, <laughs> well, so my question would be, which neither one of these women asked, which way are you going to split them in half? Like down, mm -hmm. the, like through the center? So it's like you get one half of the body, like the right half or the left half? Or is it going to be in the middle, like someone takes the legs and someone takes the torso? If he's the wisest man, he's going top to bottom. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know why that would matter, but, you know. Well, some people might fuck it up. It's true. You know, like, that's not what I agreed to. Like, say you agree to that, and then you get the legs. Yeah. Like, no, oh, come bullshit. on, man. Well, luckily, uh, it was all a trick. It was all a trick from the wisest man in the world. So it's all, yeah. he's like, you know, she's like, Jesus, you know, just let her have this kid. I don't care anymore if you're going to kill him. And Solomon goes, ha, got him. Lady number two, I don't care if you are his mother. You're the only one that cares. Congrats, you got yourself a kid. Yeah, you weren't going <laughs> to let it be sliced <laughs> yeah, in half. Like, that proves that you're at least more capable of raising a child than this other lady. Very, very clever, Mr. Solomon. Insufferably clever. Yes. <laughs> so because our boy's so clever, he's the guy in the stories uh, allowed the power to bind and control demons. And all sorts of ancient texts describe Solomon as having powers over the demons. Like, I mean, even the Greek magical papyri, there's an Arabic document called the Fierist, and there's a two like famous in I guess in academic circles uh, magical texts mm -hmm. um, and like everywhere you look all the ancient magical texts they all have Solomon having the same characteristics like he has a magic ring and he can control demons apart from that don't really know there are a couple of stories that get into a little more detail and I'm gonna tell magic two of them ring yeah magic ring Oh, wow. We're not going to talk about that, are we? We don't know too much about it. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is there ever a book written about a magic ring based on that? Inspired by that? 
Is Lord of the Rings inspired by? I don't know. No, I don't think so. Maybe, though. I don't know. I mean, it could be. Twin Peaks has the—I didn't plan on bringing up Twin Peaks twice. Yeah. Uh, but there, there's the the owl ring with the weird sigil that looks like a broken unicursal hexagram. Huh. That's like the the ring that gets people's souls trapped in the Black Lodge. Okay. Yeah, mm. and that's it. It is implied in like the secret history of Twin Peaks, um, the book by Mark Frost, to be Solomon's ring. Well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. making connections. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna tell two stories about King Solomon here. Story time. Story time. The first story is from the Babylonian Talmud. Solomon is trying to build that temple. You know, the first one. But he runs into a problem. See, scripture forbids altars, and by extension, the temple itself, from being built with stone cut by iron tools. Yeah, you can't do stone on stone action. Yeah, no, it's, it's just- Bad uh, luck. It's, God gets pissed. Yeah. He gets super pissed. But it's not a problem for a boy. Solomon, being so wise and all, he knows that there's this fucking magic worm that can cut stone. Worm? A worm. Oh, well, like with an M? Yeah. <laughs> Yay! It's called, a, it's called a Shamir. Oh, I love this story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just I'm so happy about this. Nope. <laughs> 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 a worm named Shamir, and he's magic. Yeah. And, and he's going to help Solomon build a temple. He's going to help Solomon build a temple and not piss off God. Okay. So, problem is, though, Solomon doesn't know where to find this magic worm. Oh, no. Yeah. He's wise, but he doesn't have the information. How would you find a worm? Well. Make it rain. He, he, he's got an idea. Okay. He dons his magic ring. He <laughs> 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 and he, he summons a bunch of both male and female demons. He captures them. Binds the pieces of shit using the power of the name of God and tortures them for a while and forces them to tell him where the Shamir is. Where's the Shamir? Where's the Shamir? Poke, poking him with a knife. Yeah, tell me where the worm is or you're gonna get it. <laughs> so eventually they do. They break. He breaks them. And he tells them that the uh, the demon king Asmodeus knows where to get a Shamir. Yeah, you gotta go see my boy Asmodeus. He knows where to Asmodeus get a Shamir. Asmodeus would know. Like, yeah. listener, look up a picture of Asmodeus if you can right now and look at his face and tell me that this isn't the guy that's gonna, like, cut you a deal. <laughs> this guy knows to get where to get a Shamir. I'll tell you what. He sure does. <laughs> so they tell him the Demon King knows where to get a Shamir and he should fuck off and go ask him. So Solomon torches him some more and they tell him how to go find Asmodeus. And uh, here's a passage from the Babylonian Talmud, and you'll see that I took no liberties in, in retelling the story. We do not know where it is located. Perhaps Ashmedai, the prince of the demons, knoweth. He asked them, where is he? They said to him, he is in a certain mountain, carving out a cistern and filling it up with water, and covering it over again with cobblestones, and then sealing it with his seal. Each day he then goeth up into the sky and learns a thing or two from the celestial school and then cometh down again to the earth and learns a thing or two from the terrestrial school, after which he returns to examine his seal that it has not been broken open, opens it himself and drinks from it, and then covers it over again, putting his seal upon it, ere dozing off to sleep. Okay, that's smart, you know, it's like when you're at a bar and like I'll put my coaster on top of my drink. Yeah, you dude. Know? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what he's doing. Yeah. He's up on some mountain, like just leaving his you can't leave your cistern of water unattended no and i like how Smart. it's i like how it's like he goes up into the sky and learns a thing or two yeah it, it <laughs> reminds me of like you know humans we do our 3d thing during the day and then we go and dream during the night yeah he's kind of you know he goes back up to and the forth sky, between the realms comes back down learns a thing drinks some water goes to sleep does it again he's the prince of the demons he's kind of cool he is 
So Solomon's got to get to him, though. Yeah. Well, he needs to find that fucking worm. He needs worm. to find that fucking worm. The Shamir. 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 So. Shamir, right on that bagel. A nice Shamir of cream cheese. Oh God, There's it. some locks on there, too. Some papers. <laughs> nice Shamir. Damn. I mean, it's a stale bagel could cut stone. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I would lure a magic worm. Just like. Just a bagel and Shamir? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. Solomon's not, he's the king after all. He's not going to go up to the mountain by himself. He calls his boy Benaya and gives him a pile of silly shit. Gives him some chains with the name of God on them and a bunch of wine. That's what he arms okay, him Okay, and he's like, figure it out. No, he's like, all right. Solomon says to Benaya, he's like, Benaya, you got to go up to uh, Asmodeus' mountain. And when the motherfucker ain't looking, swap his water with the wine. Like he's not going to notice. We'll see what happens. Personally, I would fucking notice. I would notice, but I wouldn't care. I'd be like, thanks. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, when he's all, dr- when he's all drunk and wasted, you jump on him with the fucking chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I would. Uh, is the I, worm I inside him of him? Where is the worm? No, he just knows where to get it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Benaya, he, he does as he's told. He takes these chains and the flagon of wine and he goes to Rufy, the prince of the demons. Uh-huh. Yeah. As one does. As one as one does. So he, he goes up there. He waits till Asmodeus is up learning a thing or two from the celestial world. And he like knocks the cobblestones off his cistern, dumps the water out, pours the wine in, and then like goes and hides behind a tree. Asmodeus comes back down. I'm imagining like a vine ladder like Jack and the fucking yeah. beanstalk. And he, Asmodeus walks up to his cistern, opens it up and goes, what the fuck? Someone replaced my water with wine. Yeah. And he's like, I, I like wine. I really like wine. Yeah. However, I'm out here trying to get wise, and scripture says wine makes you dumb. Uh, I'm not going to fucking drink it. I'm trying to learn a thing or two. Oh, good for you, Asmodeus. Yeah. He's trying to, you know. Yeah, he's he's actually uh, he's actually trying to better himself. Trying to learn a thing or two. He's trying to learn a thing or two and stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. I can't fault him for that. No. <laughs> so, but he, he, I don't know why he doesn't, like, go get more water, but he doesn't. I don't know. How does he... So you said you imagined him coming down from the sky, like, with a ladder. I imagined him literally just, like, falling down from the sky <laughs> and crashing to earth. Actually, that's just, better. <laughs> that's way <probably> better. Just, <laughs> you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I like to think about that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just out of nowhere. I mean, this... Looking up. What is that? This you that's know. that's where it starts to turn to anime ass bullshit. Yeah. Just wait. Okay. All right. So eventually, Asmodeus, he just gets too fucking thirsty. He's up on top of the mountain. It's a desert. He's just too thirsty. And he's oh. like, God damn it! It's gonna fuck up my learning. But I gotta have a drink. Yeah. He's he drunk. drinks the wine, and immediately he's just trashed. He's immediately just so drunk. Yeah. He, he goes, has oh, no, no tolerance. He has no tolerance. I mean, it's clear that he abstains usually. Mm-hmm. And so he like falls over drunk, and then Benaya just jumps on him and wraps him in fucking wraps his ankles and the chains with the name of god on him and that binds him so he can't fuck around you know break him or get out of there and basically it doesn't really explain like what benaya says to asmodeus except that like solomon's gotta have a word with you yeah basically you're coming with me asmodeus goes you got me yeah i'm kind of in a tricky position here so and so he like the two of them walk back to king solomon and along the way Asmodeus is just doing drunk asshole stuff. 
He's yeah. acting just like your drunk buddy, just when he starts to get drunk enough to like go a little crazy, mm-hmm. you know? He's like, he's walking by trees, he just knocks over every tree he sees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. N- just levels someone's house, just blah. But then like, he sees some blind dude Uh-oh. walk the wrong, wrong way down a crossroads, crossroads from where he's trying to get to. So Asmodeus picks him up, moves him to the right road, sets him on his way. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's very nice. Okay. They, they, they walk by this cobbler, you know, a shoemaker, and uh, the customer at the cobbler is like, he asks the cobbler, he's like, I need a pair of shoes that'll last me seven years. And Asmodeus just starts cracking up as if it's the funniest thing he's ever heard in his life. Why'd they have to stop at a cobbler? Nah, they're just walking by. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? What is? Okay. Yeah, he just starts laughing at this dude's shoe order. They. It is pretty funny. It is. No shoe lasts for fucking seven years. Are you yeah. kidding me? Not if you're walking a bunch. They didn't have cars. The hell. It's true. So they they go by a bunch of people making merriment, and Asmodeus just starts crying. He just starts weeping as merriment. as you've seen many drunk people do. Yeah. Cry at people having fun. <laughs> oh, I'm all locked up right now. Yeah. Solomon wants to have a word with me. He's just a fucking drunk guy. But once he gets to Solomon, Solomon interrogates him and asks him about all the drunk dude stuff. He's like, what? I heard you were causing a scene out on the road there, Asmodeus. Yeah. And Asmodeus... Uh, it turns out he can see the future, and like the dude asking for good shoes would be long dead in seven years. Yeah, shit like that. Okay. You know. Yeah. So like, what if um, what if the blind dude was actually like a serial killer, and he was like, it could have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, you, you know, I'm a demon. You're a serial killer. Yeah. You can live. Yeah. <laughs> another yep. day. Although that would be really impressive, a blind serial killer. That would be. I'd say, you know. Good on you. You got to fight him with a blind detective. Uh huh. Totally. He only like attack deaf victims. (laughs) That that way it's even, you know. Yeah. (laughs) They'll never hear him coming. (laughs) I don't even know what to say to that. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Oh Christ! So Solomon says, "All right, Asmodeus, here's the deal. Mm -hmm. You're gonna tell me how to get the Shamir." You know, that worm, the magic worm that we've done all this silly bullshit for. (laughs) And Asmodeus is like, if I do, will you let me out? And Solomon goes, no, no, absolutely not. I'm Solomon. You're the prince of demons. You're fucked. And Asmodeus goes, I got no choice. Yeah. What he said, I got no choice. Like, fine. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Solomon has the magic ring, that power over him. He's got the chains. And, well... We'll see what happens. Asmodeus goes, well, oh, shucks. I guess you got me. I guess I have no choice. Yeah. And uh, Solomon goes, that's right. I'm the wisest man that's ever lived. I gotcha. Asmodeus goes, I'll tell you where to get that Shamir. And so the two of them go and they get the Shamir. Where's the Shamir? I don't know. Fuck. Where do you think it is? Probably on top of a mountain. I don't know. I like to think it's just like it's hanging out with friends and then all of a sudden like King Solomon like pulls up in the driveway and he's just like, what the fuck? Like he's at a bonfire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like- <laughs> Bunch of worms hanging out. Yeah. Chilling. There's smoking worm doobies. <laughs> exactly. Fucking. Yeah, it pulls him, like, grabs him by the nape of his neck, and you're, yeah. you're coming with me. Yeah, he's like, Shlomil, do you know this guy? <laughs> Did you invite these guys? <laughs> Oh, shit, that's King Solomon. Yeah. Book it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Poor Shamir never saw it coming. No. So they grab the Shamir by the nape of its neck and... uh, The nape of its worm neck. Yeah, nape of its... And just (laughs) like... It's all slimy. (laughs) 
They're just like, all right, Shamir, we're sentencing you to, I don't know, the rest of your life of slavery and hard labor for no other fucking reason than I need you, buddy. Fuck. <laughs> they Bad bring day it, to be a magic worm. Yeah, shit day to be a magic worm. They bring it back and they finish building the temple. Yeah, well, they. Temple's built. It's the only thing that can cut through the stone. Yeah, they gotta do what they gotta do for the Lord. But after the temple's built, Solomon, like he said, did not release Asmodeus. He kept him on house arrest, just chained up in the temple. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because Solomon's so wise, he likes to have wise conversations with other wise beings. He, you know, goes, hangs out with them once in a while and talks to him, asks him all sorts of questions. And one particular day, Solomon, uh, he, he goes into Asmodeus's room and he says, hey, uh, hey Asmodeus, I, uh, the angels are telling me one time that uh, demons and this, I don't know why they worded it this way, but... They did. It's just kind of weird. The angels said that you demons have all sorts of advantages over humans when it comes to, you know, power and combat and stuff. Is that true? Asmodeus is like, he's chained up. Solomon's telling to ask him about all the advantages he has over him. What makes him think Asmodeus is going to tell the truth? He's got the magic ring and the power of God behind him. Oh, God. Yeah. So Asmodeus is like, yeah. The arms, I'm thinking of his, like, in a striped jumpsuit, hands by his back. Oh, yeah. Got all sorts of advantages over you, buddy. And Solomon's like, well, can you can you tell me what those advantages are? And Asmodeus goes, sure. But uh, if you unchain me. Well, he goes, well, if uh, if you want to know, I, I got to see that magic ring of yours. And you know what Solomon does? Is he this stupid? Mm-hmm. Is he really that stupid? He's that the wisest man ever. He, are you kidding me? He gives him the ring. Solomon. He gives him the fucking ring. He hands it to him. Asmodeus fucking eats the ring. He just cobbles it down. Yeah, smart. All of a sudden, he fucking gets the chains off, and then it describes it as he puts one of his wings on earth and one towards the sky, and he fucking punches Solomon with the might of all the demons. Solomon goes flying into the air for 400 miles. That's many miles. Just pow! Solomon <laughs> the guy bursts out of the temple, rocks go flying, and then the king's just sailing in the air for yeah. 400 miles, a little poof of dust when he lands. <laughs> and so now uh what do you think solomon's thinking as he's flying through the air just fuck, fuck. like <laughs> not again yeah and so solomon now has to walk back 400 miles through the desert oh come on yeah he doesn't have his magic ring no. anymore Ooh, not so tough without your ring are yeah. you mm-hmm. it's gonna take him a while right mm-hmm. take him oh, a long if only time. he had a shamir with him if only <laughs> he doesn't, so it's going to take him a fucking long time. Yeah. So you know as Asmodeus does? What? He becomes the king of Israel for a while. Oh, cool. Yeah, he just takes Solomon's place. He just sits on the throne mm-hmm. and just like, I'm the king now. Yeah. And uh, when Solomon gets back, all like after a while, he, he's all like fucking, you know, covered in sweat and dust and been walking through the day for 400 miles. And like, as far as I understand it, uh, Asmodeus like basically fucks off when Solomon like commands him to, but it's more of like a yeah, I'll be seeing you, bud. Yeah, <laughs> and right. Take the, I'm going back to learn a thing or two more. Yeah, okay. I was entertained. You can yeah. have it back now. I just I kept it warm for you, I buddy. Kept the seat warm for you, buddy. Toodles. Exactly. It's that story is so fucking funny to me. Like I, I love, love everything it. about it. So uh, the next story is from the apocryphal. Testament of Solomon. Okay. First person. And this is a, it's a Christian rat fuck of a Jewish story. And you'll see why in a second. Rat fuck? It's a rat fuck. Rat fuck. They rat fucked it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, And this is much shorter. It's a different temple building story. 
No, I could listen to these stories all day. I, love I know it. that's why I want to do a whole story, <laughs> yeah. a whole episode on Solomon. He's it's great. So yeah, this is a different temple building story, and it's written from the first per, per, first person perspective. And Solomon says that a boy came up to him uh, asking for help, like they do, uh, because he was being tortured by the demon Ornius. Please sir, please sir. Please sir, this demon tortures me and I. Ornius, it's it's Ornius. What does Ornius do? I want to. I don't know. Up. Can I look it up? Yeah. Real quick. I want to see the ways that he was torturing this little boy. I mean, Ornius, like, it sounds horny. Uh, he was a djinn, an annoying, vampirizing demon. Ah. Hmm. Okay. To summon him, you got to call him seven times. How many times you already say that? Uh-oh. Shit. Uh-oh. He lives in the constellation Aquarius. Oh. And he strangles men born under the sign Aquarius. Okay, oh. so you're good. Yeah, I'm, I'm set. He's a man who likes boys and causes them pain when he touches them. Oh. Okay. Oh. Um. Where's that from? Uh. What website are you on? Genies.fandom.com? I don't think that's the academic version. I pro No, but <laughs> it seems like accurate. It also says that he... Appears at sunset and takes half the wages and food of people. Huh. And sucks the soul out of their right thumb. Sounds like the <laughs> like Democratic he's a, he's Party. He's a creepy old man that like sneaks into your bed and like sucks your thumb. And, and takes is, your money. Yeah. He's like, all right, I got half your paycheck. Mm, and your soul tastes good, too. That's fucked. Like, Ornius, you're fucking creepy. He's okay. super creepy. So the boy has been <laughs> harassed by Ornius. Yeah. So he's being tortured by Ornius is the way it's told. Yeah, well, I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so Solomon, he's like, all right, this is going to be my toughest case yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he, uh, he prays to Archangel Mikael or Michael, probably Michael in this one because it's Christian. Mikael sounds way cooler. I love though. his, yeah. It, Solomon prays to the Archangel Mikael for help and Mikael bestows upon him the Pokedex, the knowledge of all the demons their astrological oh. correspondences their strengths weaknesses favorite colors whether they take sugar in their fucking coffee all this shit mm -hmm. everything there is to know about him and i believe this is where he gives him the magic ring too he tells him and like you take this knowledge and this fucking beefy ring and you give that ornius a run for his goddamn money wow. you do it for mikey and so solomon fucking he does. He takes magic ring, he beats the shit out of uh, Ornius, and he gets rid of him. And then he needs to build uh, build the temple. Still haven't done that yet. So what he does with his newfound power, he enslaves all the demons. Every single demon, he makes them his slave. And he just has them doing labor. As in, like, menial labor. He's got <laughs> demons of the Zodiac carrying water buckets and shit. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, not doing Building any fancy demons. They're not even using telekinesis to lift this shit. They're just carrying them. Yeah. Like, all right. And it's going pretty quick because I imagine having all of the demons in existence enslaved would make it go pretty quick. They seem pretty strong. Yeah. Um, and But eventually they're about to lay the uh, cornerstone, you know, the final, the final stone. Why would you want something built by demons? It's going to be cursed. Especially the first temple, too. Yeah, really? Well, uh, mm, <laughs> because it symbolizes the that demons are part of the of the cosmos of the cosmological plan mm -hmm. but they are they build, subservient yeah. to okay. you know to god they're about to lay the cornerstone and they can't because there's 
a figure standing in front of the spot where they're about to lay the stone. It's an angel. But it turns out it's not an angel. It's Jesus. Oh. Proto-Jesus. Oh. Pre-Jesus. Time-traveling Jesus. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, you can't lay the cornerstone with demons. I'm Jesus, so I can't allow this. And Solomon goes, fuck off. You're not even born yet. I'm still king of the Jews around here. And he has the demons finish the temple. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I love yeah. it. And then it ends with Solomon going, uh, oh no, I've made so many mistakes. I repent. I'm a, I repent. That was wrong. Like, he repent. Like, why? For pissing off fake Jesus? Yeah. Fuck that. Fuck, fuck time traveling Jesus. This is your time, Solomon. Yeah, really? Like, don't listen How, to that guy. Where did time traveling Jesus, like, come from? I don't know. We don't know? I don't know. He was just there? Didn't have time for that much research. Yeah. That's the story. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Demons. Solomon summons fucking, he binds demons, builds shit with them. The, and that, the point of these stories is that in Western myth, Solomon is the guy who binds demons. That's his yeah. shtick. Like Popeye eats spinach, Solomon fucks with demons. And he wins, kind of. Kind of. Sometimes he gets punched <laughs> into the air for of. 400 miles. You know, he needs an antagonist to his protagonist. Yeah. It's in, it's. There's a lot of symbolism in all of them. I mean, maybe not the dumbass versions I retold, but like, I don't know. It's the fact that, I don't know. I, I love some of those those stories because it's like the fact that like the bad guys win sometimes and also like the bad guys aren't really that bad. They're just kind of there. Unless you're Ornius. Oh, he's a bad dude. Who apparently craves the bodies of effeminate boys. What? What? It's Demopedia Wiki Genie Fandom. I don't want you going there on my internet. (laughs) (laughs) This wiki rocks. God, use a VPN at least. Love of God. (laughs) Can bring up Asmodeus' page. I'm already... Yeah, what's going to say about him? Um, He likes to wear clown shoes and jerk off? (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't put it past him. What does it say about him? Yeah, it says it talks about how he was mentioned in Zoroastrian texts as well. Yeah, he's one of the old ones. He's very, very old. Yeah, yeah. He's in the Book of Tobit. He is where he, for, where he first shows up. It says he was the son of Rashba, a succubus who mated with King David. Oh, shit. So Asmodeus is Solomon's half-brother. Whoa. Yeah. We're getting very, like, soap opera comic this book This is here. an anime. Yeah, That's literally. It's just a fucking anime. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, wow. That's That reminds me of fucking King Arthur mm-hmm. and uh, Mordred. It's not his brother, but uh, in some versions, Morgan Le Fay is uh, King Arthur's sister. Yeah. And then she turns all spooky and bad. And then she has a son, Mordred who ends up being the the big bad villain and King Arthur has to fight him and he's all magical and, and evil and shit. That it reminds me of that. So yeah, like the practice of Solomonic magic or Solomonic necromancy comes from these stories by way of the emulation of what people imagined Solomon was doing. Because like although, you know, it says like, oh he put on his magic ring and, you know, could make demons do whatever the hell he wanted, they'd never explain why. Or, like, where the ring came from? Right. Like, the angels just gave it to him. Oh, okay. Don't really know what it was made of. They're like, we choose you. Here you go. Basically, because he's so wise. Except he does dumb shit stuff, like just give the Prince of Demons his damn ring. He's just, like, he's um, the entertainment of the angels. Hubris. Yeah. (laughs) Hubris? He's got all the hubris. He's got hubris. Or, like, you know, are... 
is he just like a puppet for the angels and they're just like watching and they're like, this is entertaining. Maybe. I mean, I well, they know. let him do a whole bunch of shit, like build the temple and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think they probably are always knew that like, ah, he's going to fuck up. Yeah. He's, he's big for his britches. But yeah, so like the, as far as the actual methods go, the oldest stories of Solomon really don't give any instructions. In fact, it seems like the instructions are like the details of the rituals to how to summon or bind these things. It seems like it was deliberately left out or deliberately deleted, you know? Mm -hmm. Deleted, I just said. It didn't deleted. get... Deleted. Jesus, I can't escape the computer. It's got me. But there were some hints left in there. The basic, you know, fundamental principles of Solomonic magic as demon summonings come to be known. At its core, Solomonic magic is inflaming oneself with the name of God and using... That divine authority, which is now in you, you are now with, have the divine authority of God to order demons around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so none of the books like the Pseudomonarchia Daimonum or, you know, the Livre de Spirits. I can't do French. Uh, liver they, de Spirit. The Liver of Spirits. Yes. Liver Spirits. Magic Worms and Liver Spirits. Mm -hmm. None of those books, they only give descriptions of what the demons do. They don't tell you how to get them. They don't tell you what to do with them. Do you think like, so the, their sigils are inside of a circle, which is almost, I imagine it to be like a ring, you know, like yeah. almost like they're bound into a magic ring. Yeah. 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 <laughs> clever. Clever. Yeah. I, I imagine like that. I think that's probably has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Did you know that Noah had a son named Ham? Yes. I love that. Hell yeah. I know it's like probably pronounced Ham. No, it's Ham. Like, I love it. Father of Kush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and foot. <laughs> Father of Kush and foot. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kush. This is my brother, Foot, and this is our dad, Ham. <laughs> and then there's all Grandpa Noah being a creep again. Yeah. And that's really what makes Lester Keefe Solomon so special. It was really the first text to put together the rest of the pieces of the puzzle. And it took, like... A long time from the first stories of Solomon and shit. And it was actually the the Byzantines where the first hints of like magical technique got brought into it, which is really interesting because of uh, the Byzantine Empire is just so fucking weird and fascinating. There's like that period in time when it was just so fucking rich. The, the king of the time or emperor... Now, I'm not an expert on this, so I might fuck it up, but he, he made all these like clockwork automatons, these clockwork robots and shit that were just all over his palace and like the walls were like gold and shit. And so when people came into this city that was like the richest city in this very like alien, you know, alien looking place to everywhere else, they were greeted by these like insane displays of robotics clockwork robotics yeah. like it it shits nuts like, do you know that song um istanbul not Can constantinople but they might be giants yeah that's like byzantine that's what i think of when i think of the byzantine em empire yeah <laughs> it was once constantinople yeah not no more now it's istanbul not constantly yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> i really want to learn more about the byzantine empire that shit is fascinating yeah. off their album flood Ooh, it's relevant <laughs> Yeah, because we, we were just talking about Noah. Mm -hmm. Shit. Yeah. It knows. <laughs> the algorithm. God damn it. But yeah, so, it, you know, during like the, the Middle Ages, like medieval times, Merlin wasn't casting circles and summoning demons and shit. Merlin wasn't real, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. It wasn't until like the Renaissance that um, 
that Solomonic magic became a thing people were doing. Like, uh, and the Lesser Key of Solomon wasn't even written yet. It was just like the first hints right. of instructions and shit. And uh, there was a book called there's a book called The Key of Solomon, which I don't know much about. It's a different book entirely than the Lesser Key of Solomon. Yeah, and that was like a primary book of uh, necromancy in the in the Renaissance. But yeah, so throughout the Renaissance and then the Age of Enlightenment, which is where all the occult happens. It's in yeah. the Enlightenment. And that's when the Pseudomonarchia Daimona was written. That's when blah, 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 all those fucking books were written. And then after that, it's sometime in the mid-17th century, so the 1600s, somebody put together the Lesser Key of Solomon, the Ars mm-hmm. Goetia and the, the other books in it. Like the, the French Book of Spirits, it claims to have been written by Solomon. Oh, this uh, this was written by Solomon. Here's the secret method that's been handed yeah. down. It like claims that they, that was yeah. first written in Hebrew. There's Weird. No evidence. So, of it like, in written by Solomon. I could see that you could pass that off if maybe you were like a channeler and you were like, you know, I yeah, let yeah. Solomon enter my body and like wrote this. Yeah, like, yeah. I let him write this through my body or something. Yeah, no, that they didn't try that. Yeah, they that... said Solomon wrote it. Okay. But like, the first, the earliest version we found is in English, and yeah. and like the hmm. the word Lamegaton is just a reference to an older esoteric text that mentions a book called the Lamegaton, but no one knows what that means. Right. And so, so like, it's just a dead end. It's just a word that this dude was like, that's a spooky word. Yeah. I'm going to throw that bitch in there. The Lamegaton Lesser Key of Solomon. Right. Oh. The name Goetia comes from the Greek word goes, which means sorcery. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's like none of it is Hebrew. There's like a spooky Greek word. Right. Yeah. A made yeah. up spooky word and the first edition was in english right so someone who spoke hebrew you know maybe they spoke hebrew maybe we don't, like, we don't even know <laughs> someone who may not even be real some fucking uh, magician yeah uh like some dude that would be writing books that go on the, the the spooky section of amazon the 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 weird shelf at barnes and noble that's been like moving closer and closer to the front of the store mm-hmm. every year for the last five <laughs> years weirdly enough yeah um and like putting solomon and like putting solomon's name on it it's it's really the same thing as like ah okay Okay, check this out. Spinach has a lot of iron and other nutrients in it that give you energy, oh my God, right? A lot of talking about like spinach today. We got Popeye, we got iron in the house. Yeah. yeah so spinach gives you energy, right? Okay. Yeah, that's that's where Popeye eating spinach comes from. Yeah. That like it's good for you. Pump up. It pump makes it you up strong. The iron. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You gotta eat your spinach if you wanna be big and strong. So that's why when he eats a can of spinach, he gets all strong. That's well, the well, whole well, concept, well, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, like, imagine someone made and bottled a green spinach smoothie marketed for, like, bodybuilders or boxers or whatever, and they called it Popeye's Punch-Out Juice. Imagine. Yeah. Like, Popeye Somebody didn't... will buy it. It's a million-dollar idea. Yeah. Trademarked already. Patented. I don't... It's mine. But, <laughs> but, like, Popeye didn't make it. Popeye's a fictional character, but it's an easy way to create the association and sell to the right audience. It's yes. a brand, and that's what the Lesser Key of Solomon is. And because Solomonic magic was associated with him, you know, Solomon never gave these methods. Right, right. Like, I'll tell you, when I eat spinach, I I do often think about Popeye, like, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I don't usually, like, eat it out of a can, but I, you know, when I'm thinking about eating spinach, it is like an association that the mind makes. I don't think I've ever eaten canned spinach. Yeah, me either. Why would you? I don't know. Oh, I totally have. Frozen is perfectly fine. Oh, yeah, this frozen spinach. Yeah, Yeah, why would you eat canned spinach? I don't know. Or just like 
a bag of it. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, if you're cooking with it, whatever, that's fine. But I mean, out of the out of the can. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I've never eaten a can of spinach. Just downed it. <laughs> Just like a bush light. Uh huh. It's got to have a very <laughs> wide throat. <laughs> to just fit all of it down there like a pelican. <laughs> Popeye the pelican. Popeye. The... God damn it. But despite that, all right, whoever did write the Lesser Key of Solomon, they did their fucking homework. Mm-hmm. They did like the actual putting together of this thing is insane. It's an astonishing collection because what this motherfucker, this author or curator d- d- did was he had to scour all of these ancient and even ancient then texts and like he wrote this in the, the the 1600s. So finding all of these tiny, like these scrolls or fucking collection of books, like he didn't, he didn't have the internet. It wasn't like easy access to like right. a big ass library unless he was someone with access to a big ass library. And even then there wasn't complete collections. And he had not, he not only had to find these books, but he had to scour them for any like bit of information, cross-referencing yeah. all these things to pull not just the one system of magic presented in the Ars Goetia, but all of the others, there's three other complete systems of, of magic presented in the the next book, the Ars Theurgia Goetia, the Ars Paulina, and uh, the Ars Amadel. It's four other, three other, sometimes four. The uh, Ars Notoria is sometimes in there, but sometimes not, depending on the edition. But it's not really the same thing. Don't worry about that. But yeah, so this motherfucker just had to pull together these systems of magic uh, that are very complicated and he just did this by cross-referencing between ancient texts and doing it again and again. Like, it's it's an insane work of, like, curation, scholarship. Like, yeah. shit's nuts. So there's also no way to tell back then or even now. Say you have a, a book, right? Say, like, the Lester Kia Solomon references, uh, you know, uh, Joe's Spooky Geometry, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. So I got to go check out Joe's Spooky Geometry, right? We have this, you know, edition written in this earliest one we found. Shit, but this earliest one we found is, like, written after Lester Kia Solomon. So, like, there must have been an earlier one. But we have literally no way to tell that this Joe's Spooky Geometry is the same Joe's Spooky Geometry as is being referenced. Right. Because, like, there's no... You really don't. And it's not like you can go and find the source. exactly. So you kind of just have to, like, trust. Yeah, there's no ISBN number. People Mm. can just call whatever they want, whatever they want. It's true. Yeah. Uh, So whoever the fuck put these together, that's a powerful wizard. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So... Let's get into the, the, the Ars Goetia, the first book of the Lesser Key of Solomon. Woohoo! The book yeah. presents a list of 72 demons, now commonly referred to as the Goetic Spirits or the Goetic Demons. It has sigils and seals for summoning them, uh, which these seals and sigils, they share a common style for the era. The, the seals were used by everybody else, the circles with the names in them and stuff. And then the squiggly lines, the sigils in the center, those are from that French tradition I talked about a little earlier that, like, we don't know what that is. We don't know where that comes from. We just know that there's this style of sigil. So, like, yeah, the sigils of demons, we really do not know the historical context yeah. of that. Interesting. Yeah. It also gives you, like, the spooky instructions, the furniture you need, the robes you need, all of that. Like, it tells the you the theatrics of it the all. The theatrics, yes. You got to draw a circle around you, write the name of God on the outside of the circle, place a triangle on the outside of the circle, and then that's that's where the Pokemon show up. Yes. Now, despite this heroic feat of magic and scholarship, it would be roughly 300 years before the Lesser Key became the important book of magic it is today. That's a long time. It's just like, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, and I'd like to particularly acknowledge that too. Like a lot of the stuff in modern magic is really not that old. The vast majority is either from the enlightenment of the 1400s through the 1600s or from the turn of the 20th century. I mean, there, you know, obviously there's a lot of stuff that go back a lot further, a lot of Kabbalah, a lot of the, you know, the Greek magical papyri, hermeticism, all that stuff. It goes back a lot further, but I'm really talking about like the occult occult, like yeah. the fucking devil horns, metal ass, like, like Uri yeah, Simpson. oh, that's uh, Eliphaz yeah. Levy that, mm-hmm. I think that was his, uh, that, that- drawing. It's the Knights Templar were accused of worshiping Baphomet and it was a different word for Muhammad. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So like that's pretty recent that Baphomet entered our, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, remember that story too, because we're, we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about that that sort of stuff in a little bit here. Yeah, but like, but like, yeah, the, the occult occult came from like the Enlightenment and the turn of the 20th century. Now, there's something real interesting about both those time periods. Both those time periods saw the uh, rapid development of not just magic, but technology and science as well. Right, the Enlightenment was like right after printing press was invented, right, and then Martin Luther nailed his fucking bang, 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 ah, this list of complaints with the church because yeah, Pro- and then Protestantism happened because like fucking shit, people could read the people, Bible now. Yeah, exactly. Like, we got some ideas. Right, like all of a sudden, information could be distributed and shit. Yes, and um, you know, in in the turn of the twentieth century, there was electricity was now running through everything. There is telegram lines. The we were close to the radio, not quite then but like that's like when the world's like tesla was doing his shit like the world's fair like all this like it was the turn of the 20th century right this is the the future mm-hmm. and i've always thought of like that time period as like that's when the future started yeah it's super fucking interesting to me that we're seeing another rise in interest in occultism now oh it's out of control right and yeah. like we're also dealing with rapid advances in science and technology and communication right. like if you go on tiktok like all you see is like little baby witches like giving each other advice about how to start their ritual practice and like there's so much wrong and bad information too oh yeah it's horrible but like you know whatever if you want to be serious about it you're gonna maybe go read a book then like just blindly trusting a stranger on the internet i hope so but it seems like a lot of people blindly trust strangers on the internet yeah and a lot of people tell lies for their own narcissistic delusions Mm -hmm. and to i think a lot of it is to help interest is high though yeah in this sort of content of course astrology has been it's like never really gone away but that's like super trendy yeah yeah but it seems like occultism rears its head and comes back around and advances are made in it at the same time as advances in science mm-hmm. are made, right? Francis Bacon was developing the scientific method at the same time as Solomonic demon magic was being developed. Yeah. Like, none of this shit is really that old. And Angela Puka, another uh, esoteric scholar who did a, a video series on the Lesser Key of Solomon with Dr. Justin Sledge of Esoterica, she said something really interesting, which was that the, the Solomonic style of magic with the really regimented system and furniture and like circles and stuff, the, you know, graphs and shit, like that came out of the Enlightenment because of the scientific method, because people wanted a theoretical framework for the things they investigated. Mm-hmm. They weren't just going to rely on superstition anymore and just someone's word. They wanted a system. And so like science and magic have always gone hand in hand and developed at the same time. It's yeah. fucking wild to me. I mean, advancements can only be made when you're curious and you're willing yeah. to look for things that aren't yet possible or yeah. things that are possible, but maybe don't have an explanation or don't have a complete explanation. Yeah. Things that how far can we push? Against, right. against the walls. You said of her last name is Puka. 
which made me think of there's a Celtic deity. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's like a, an evil spirit or it translates yeah, to yeah. like demon in other languages. Have you ever seen the, the movie? Harvey. With, yeah. Harvey. Yeah. I love Jimmy that Stewart. One. Fuck. Yeah. The puka. Yeah. With the six foot tall rabbit, which is very like Donnie Darko. Yeah. Everything comes from somewhere. It it's does. All just, it, it's all so we're all just copying each other. I know. I uh, love it. Okay. So back to the, the lesser key, like how, how it made its way into the zeitgeist is due to uh, S.L. McGregor Mathers, the head of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. And uh, drumroll, you all know who it is. Alistair Crowley, Uncle Al, the cabana boy of Western magic. The cabana boy. I don't know why I called him that. He's like slathering sunscreen on his bald head. He's slathering it somewhere. (laughs) I don't know if that's sunscreen. I don't think that's sunscreen. No, no, no. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, I love making fun. We do have we do have these uh, two fools to thank for like many translations of texts that were deemed evil or forbidden translations and like distribution. Unfortunately, like Mathers wasn't a scholar uh, and he fucked a lot of things up. Crowley was Crowley and fucking things up was just kind of what he did. Still, they tried and kudos for that. However, the Lesser Key of Solomon was in English, so they couldn't fuck it up that badly. Uh, their rediscovery of the Lesser Key of Solomon is what brought this particular system, the most complete system for demonic conjuration there is, into the cultural zeitgeist. And Crowley died in 1947. That's how old this shit is. It's not. Not like, old it's at all. This is all to say that the, yeah, that's literally what I just said. Yeah, I'm just expounding on how old it is for another six paragraphs. That's why I write so much. I just get all fired up on <laughs> weed and just fucking type. <laughs> so, all right. So now that we've said all that. How do you conjure a demon? Not going to tell you. It's way too fucking boring. Do the homework. Oh shit. All right, I'll give you the I'll give you the gist. Oh my god. Okay, can I guess? You have to like do a bunch of like chanting. Yeah. And you have to probably light a candle and do like a little circle and do some chanting and incense. some yeah, incense, candles, and maybe like some offering of some sort. You got some of it. The basic idea is this, and I only say I'm not going to get into it because it is like the you know the dimensions, like the different pieces of furniture you need are fucking boring. But the basic gist of it, furniture, like literal furniture, like a chair, like, like a stool, a, like a mirror. Yeah. Okay. Like a like a square stool in the center. You need like for one of them. Uh, one of the books in the lesser key, you need like a wax seal and, and shit. So you need weird. robes. I love that. Yeah. Any excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to wear a robe. What, what you got to do is you, you draw a circle on the floor, right? Yes. And you write. I knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you write some uh, names of God in there. Okay, you know, so some, like uh, Yahweh. Yeah, you put the tetragrammaton in there. Uh, you put uh, Adonai in there. Probably a, a actually maybe it's all Adonai. It's some of the names of God. Some mm-hmm. of those. Then you step into it. You draw a triangle on the other side and you put the put the shit in there. Well, first you banish the area. You know you do like a, a banishing ritual, a lesser banishing ritual, the pentagram or the hexagram or maybe the greater banishing rituals. One whatever, of them. Whatever banish. you want to do. Or you could just like 
just like stomp your feet around and say, get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out. Get out. Yeah. Open a window. Just shoo them out. And get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you okay. can do that, too, if that works yeah. for you. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, and then you step into the circle. Now you've cleared the energy. You've stepped in the circle. And the circle, it what it you know does is it it's all symbolic, like dream logic language mm-hmm. to symbolize like you are the center of the universe. Yes. Right. Which you are. Even now, you are the center of the universe. The center of my universe. And that's the only one that you know exists. Yeah. So you are in a very real. And the universe also has no center. So any point can be the center. You are the center of the universe. And then once you're in the center of the universe and creation is swirling around you, uh, you through vibrating like the, a, a powerful singing of the names of God, you draw down the authority of God into yourself. And like the first one of those is, you know, Eye, which means I am. So you step into the center of the universe and you sing the name I am, right? Mm-hmm. All what you're doing is acknowledging your existence. And like solidifying like your existence. You have the authority of God because you are. I am. Exactly. And man, that is, uh, I mean, that'll give you an ego boost. Mm -hmm. That make you feel fucking powerful. I am. And then so like once you, you know, have done that and you're surrounded by the powers of the angels and you're channeling the light of God, you uh, draw the, the sigil of the demon. And for any like practitioner of this shit out there, I'm not an expert on this. I've done cursory reading, but it, you know, you tried to learn rituals for the first time and like, it's really hard to remember them. So I'm doing this off the cuff. Forgive me. This is the yeah, light person. Baby's first I mean, demon summoning. I mean, no offense. But also like, um, I would consider myself a chaos magician. So like, I just do whatever the fuck works for me. Of course I yeah. do. I read text as well, but I, I keep what works for me and I discard like what doesn't. I try out different things though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I try to like distill it all down to like the, yeah, but the, the base basics. level, like yeah, the, the, the fundamental principles. And then I try right. to remember that like a lot of the trappings and stuff, it's just old theater. Mm-hmm. And like, however you can create that theater is, is right for you. But yeah, so you, you draw the sigil and the, of the demon within the circle, which also has like, it has the, you know, names of the angels of the Shem HaMafarash that, uh, have the authority over this particular, you know, demon. And then from your position as God, you call out like this first type of angel that has authority over this type of angel under him. And then you tell that angel, this now third wow. level. It's to like, can I speak the... to your manager, please? Oh, yeah, is, one second. It is exactly that. Yeah. It is exactly that. <laughs> yep. And, but you are the manager. You're right. like, you're getting, you're ordering one of your employees like way mm-hmm. down the line, but you're the CEO. Yeah. And you're basically telling like, Hey, you know, I, I need to talk to this guy. Can you like, yeah. Yeah. Or tell, tell fucking, tell Asmodeus he's cleaning the sink all wrong. Yeah. Like he, you're, you're the boss. You're not going to go down there and tell him. No, no. You got to get someone else to go do it. And he's not going to listen if someone just comes up to him and is just like, tell you're doing that all wrong. But he will have to say, Hey, I heard from so-and-so that heard from so-and-so that heard from so-and-so that heard from God himself. <laughs> that you're fucking up. Now, I wouldn't believe that, but Asmodeus would, because he's a demon. He knows that, you know, God exists. But if someone told me yeah. that, I'd tell him to get out of my house. Mm-hmm. Um, how'd you get in here? How'd you get in here? <laughs> get the broom. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's the basic gist. You use the name of God like Solomon did, and that the ring is the circle, and the power of the name of God is the divine name. The angels are the chains. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, come into some type of form in that circle. Now, some people say that they've evoked demons to full conjuration. I don't know about all that. But before I get into what I 
do think they've done, I'd like to talk about who might show up in these circles. Like, what is the reason for this? Not what are we doing? What is the fucking reason? Why would we be summoning these bad motherfuckers in the first place? Yeah. They're demons, right? They're pieces of shit, right? They're hell spawned. They're evil. There's like, why would you ever do this? It'll cost you your immortal soul. Or right? like, ooh, ooh, I'm just a fallen angel. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, morality plays zero role in what demons are. Yeah, they don't give a shit. Some of them are like, all right, check this guy out. Check this guy out. We got Crokel or Crokel. 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 He's like, it's like Urkel. He's the Urkel of the Goetia. Oh, loser. <laughs> yeah. So Crokel is the uh, is the 49th spirit of the Goetia, and he manifests as an angel with a tendency to speak in dark and mysterious ways. Mm. He was once a member of the Powers, uh, which is a type of angel. Is <laughs> it's now... a band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've broken up now. <laughs> uh, he is now a Duke of Hell who rules over 48 legions of demons. When summoned by a conjurer, he can teach... He can teach geometry and other liberal sciences. Oh, cool. He can also warm bodies of water, uh, create the illusion of the sound of rushing waters, and um, he reveals the location of natural baths. That's Sounds what he does. Like he's, on, he's okay in my book. Yeah. Yeah. He, he teaches like, you geometry, uh, liberal sciences, and tells you where hot springs are. Mm-hmm. He makes your bath warm if it's cold. I he's love him. And yeah, yeah. You know, he can speak to me in dark and mysterious ways. He just has a weird voice. <laughs> yeah. That's it. All right. Now uh, we got um, Gusion. Gusion is a strong and great duke of hell and rules over 40 legions of demons. He tells all past, present, and future things, shows the meaning of all questions that are asked to him, r reconciles friends, and gives honor and dignity. He is depicted as a baboon. Aww. He makes friends stop fighting with each other. Aww. That's what he does. Yep, he's a baboon that, yeah. Big bad baboon. Yeah, big bad baboon says, hey, you guys love each other. Come on, stop that. Yeah. Oh, that's a demon. <laughs> it doesn't fit with, like, our conception of nope. um, what we think of as a demon. Nope. Uh, check this guy out. You should uh, pull up a picture of picture of him when I say his name. Uh, Ouroboros. O-R-O-B-A-S. O-R-O-B-A-S. Uh, the the demon. It wants to pull up Persona Five stuff. Oh yeah, he's in there. Yes. He's a powerful great prince of hell. Whoa! <laughs> Having twenty legions of demons Hello, under his control. Hello, sexy boy. <laughs> this is like the most fucked up centaur I've ever yep. seen. Half man, oh half horse, but half not man. the halves you're thinking. No. <laughs> okay, so. It's a human torso with horse legs, but not like a centaur horse legs. It's just like his legs are like horse legs and he has like a tail. He's a furry. Yeah, he's like half man, half horse. And he has a horse head as well. He's cosplaying. Yeah. Yeah. What? What is that? What is that? That's, like, a, big, that's a big pile of sexiness right there. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, well, what, He's not right. the worst looking of the demons, that's for sure. I mean, obviously. You know, he's got he's hung like a fucking horse. Orobus. <laughs> 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 All right, so what does he, he do? He uh, he's got twenty legions of demons under his control. 
He's a prince too. How about not that? As, not as many legions as the others. Yeah, that's true. And he supposedly gives true answers of things past, present, and to come, divinity and the creation of the world. He also confers dignities and prelacies and the favor of friends and foes. Ouroboros is faithful to the conjurer, does not permit that any spirit tempts him, and never deceives anyone. Okay, you can trust this horse. Yep, he likes you. Mm-hmm. He won't deceive you. He'll stop other spirits from tempting you. He will change into a man under the conjurer's request. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Get me the salt. I'm drawing a circle. Uh, Jesus. I didn't even think about how much you'd like Ouroboros. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I know. It is funny. That was great. I love that he can he can change into a man at your request. Like, he knows what the ladies want. He knows what you want. And he can turn back into a horse when you gotta get to town. Yeah. Although, he has, he'd have to, like, run on his human hands, though. I wonder if he can turn into full horse. Nah, nah, nah. He's got to run on his human He can only turn hands. into, like, full man, but he can't turn into full horse. That's his curse. Shit. That's too bad. Which, like, what benefits does it give you to have horse legs and a horse head? You mean you already said it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More fun to feed apples to. Oh, my God. <laughs> my fucking God. <laughs> okay. I'm looking at one right now named dantelion dantelion okay i'm like dantelion i know it is like it's it's dantelion Dantelion. that's like very different than the vibe that i was reading it as yeah 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 i'm like imagining a sweet little flower yeah 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 um is that teaches arts and sciences and declares the secret counsel of anyone given that he knows the thoughts of all people and can change them at his will yeah so now we're getting yeah yeah that's creepy as i was gonna say unless it's like for good he can he can also cause love oh he can he knows your thoughts and can change them yeah he's He's a dandelion. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. Like, they sure as shit aren't all Care Bears. Like, yeah. morality doesn't play into it at all. That's true, but some are fucking downright awful. And that's what's so interesting to me. Because if they were all Care Bears, then you could say, oh, yeah, they're all cute and cuddly, cuddly, but you pay them with your eternal soul. Yeah. But they're not all cute and cuddly. No, this one's, like, legit scary because it says that he can change. He's a man of many appearances, so he can change into Mm -hmm. all men and women. Mm -hmm. So it's just, like, it could be literally anybody, and it's a demon that can change your thoughts at will. Like, that's a scary, that's, like, a horror movie concept. Yeah, yeah. No, and remember that dude's powers, too, because I want to talk about that in in a minute. But I, I... Put down a list of um, a couple other fucking awful ones. Okay. So we got Sabnok. He is a mighty great Marquise of Hell who has 50 legions of demons under his command. He builds high towers, castles, and cities, furnishing them with weapons, ammunition, etc., gives good familiars, and can afflict men for several days, making their wounds and sores gangrenous or filling them with worms. Not worms. Hopefully not Shamir. Oh, don't do that to my boy. <laughs> Sabnog is depicted as a soldier with armor and weapons, the head of a lion and riding a pale horse. Ooh. Yeah, gross. A pale uh, horse. It's not Ouroboros. Yeah. <laughs> Different horse. All right, we got, next we got Aim. He's a great duke of hell, very strong and rules over 26 legions of demons. He sets cities, castles, and great places on fire. Makes men witty in all ways and gives true answers concerning private matters. He is depicted as a man handsome to some sources, 
but with three heads, one of a serpent, the second of a man, and the third of a cat to most authors. Although some say of a calf riding a viper and carrying in his hand a lit firebrand with which he sets the requested things on fire. Wow. He makes you funny and then burns shit down for you. Um, Anything. You know, not a bad friend to have. Yeah, not true. <laughs> Actually. You know? Like, if he wasn't, like, if he didn't just do that, if he was like, hey, man, like, I'm not saying you should, but, like, I can if you need to. I'm like, no, I'm good, but, like, yeah. cool. Good to know. Good but, to know. you know, good luck. I'm not telling you to, but, you know. I'm saying you need me. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Maybe he's not the worst. Maybe he's just capable. As long as he doesn't, like, burn your house down. Right. All right. Next, we got uh, Glossia Lobulus. Okay. Amazing name. Yep. It's got a dash in it, too. Glossia dash Labalas. Labalas. Wow. Yeah. He's a mighty president of hell who commands 36 legions of demons. He is the author and captain of manslaughter and bloodshed. Wow. Tells all things past and to come, gains the minds and love of friends and foes, causing love among them if desired, incites homicides, and can make a man invisible. He is depicted as a dog with the wings of a griffin. Aww. Like a, a little wing, a winged dog that incites homicide, but it can also like incite love. And yeah. it'll be like, hey, you two, fall in love. Okay, now kill people. Yeah, yeah, Like, hey. flap, 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 flap. Go kill him. Yeah. Blip, 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 blip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's creepy. It's really creepy. It is creepy. Yeah, it's super fucking like, creepy. Like, if you went to the hospital and like told the doctor that like you saw that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or, you know, if you were in ye olden times and you had a vision and it was that, like, that's fucking crazy. Did yeah, yeah, yeah. So, did somebody have this vision and that's how this happened? Or, like, how does this come to be? How do the um, imaginings, like, the visual component, the descriptions of how they appear, like... Yeah, I don't... We, we don't know. We really don't know. Well, in any case, I fucking love it. Yeah. And what was the name? Glossolabulia? Glossia Labulus. Glossia Labulus. Glossia Labrador. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> Flappy winged Labrador. Yes. <laughs> I, so, like, yeah. I don't know about you, but, like, it's really hard for me to think of the, uh, the first guys I mentioned as being the same type of creatures as the second. Like, some of them are super good and sweet, and some of them are wretched and evil. Like, I don't know of any other type of being that... Wait a goddamn second. That's what people do. It is. That's exactly what people yeah. do. Some of them are cute, cuddly, the best friend. Some of them are fucking monsters. Mm -hmm. So. There's what, a lot of demons. What are demons? Hashtag not all demons. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a word that's been fucked up quite a lot. But, you know, in the context of Western magic and specifically the Lesser Key of Solomon, that's how we're going to try to keep our definition of what these things are. In earlier Christian books of demonology, characters like Lucifer were included among the list of demons as well. He ain't he ain't in the Lesser Key. He ain't in the Goetia. In fact, there aren't really any characters that show up in the Christian Bible as like a primary source among the demons, among the 72 in the Lesser Key. But uh, as far as I can tell, there's two ways you you can think about demons, and there's some overlap between the two. Or if you're a nut job like me, I think they overlap completely. The first way to think about them is that they were the refuse of the religions of the people conquered by Abrahamic faiths. Um, you know, the gods and goddesses of people, you know, they took over and then had to find a place for it. just, you know, like Christmas comes from Saturnalia, shit like that. Yeah. You know, we can see this in Bail. Uh, that's a corruption of the Canaanite thunder god Baal. 
Yeah. He was the king of their pantheon. And, uh, he, you know, and the, yeah. the one who, um, he's like one of the ones in the same camp as Moloch that, oh, okay. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you'll find when you look up, um, like QAnon conspiracy theories. Oh, okay. And like, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, what's it called when everybody goes to that place and they burn the effigy? Oh, Bohemian Grove. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with that, like, it's, that's interesting because it, like, Baal was the, like, the, he was the Thor of, um, of the Canaanites, right? Mm-hmm. Or, like, the Zeus, right? And, uh, then he got turned into a demon by a the demon Jews. demon makes sense, though. A demon. Because it's, like, a djinn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and he became Baal. But then, now, later on, he's kept his demonic qualities, but turned back into the god Baal, like, uh, yeah. in, um, Dia- uh, Diablo 2, the game from the early 2000s, like the the primary villain is uh, Baal, but it's the demon Baal. Yeah, I don't know. It's just an interesting like flip back of the of the yeah, mythology. Yeah, yeah. Another one of those is uh, the demon Ashtaroth. That's a corruption of the Canaanite goddess Astarte, mm-hmm. uh, who is Baal's wife, and they they made her a he, and they made him this like greedy, slothful, like fat, ugly fuck. Yeah, like a really insulting to the like the myth of Astarte and shit. Right. Like, Astarte, I might be wrong, but I believe like it, she shares some things with like Isis and Aphrodite and shit like that. One of those, right? Biphons is the Roman god Janus. Uh, Nibirius appears as a three-headed dog and may be the Greek mythological Cerberus. You know, so they're kind of pulled from all these myths of the people that worshipped pagan gods, the religions that weren't the one true religion. And then still others come from the books in the Apocrypha, the texts that were cut from the Bible at the Council of Nicaea and others. These are your fallen angels, the watchers. This is, uh, you know, stuff from the Book of Enoch, shit like that, that didn't, it's part of the abrahamic mythology but it didn't make it into the into the biblical canon right but the like there's like half at least half that we have no idea who they are and where they come from yeah no idea but there's a thing that binds them all together and this becomes especially clear when you think about how the list of demons has changed evolved grown over the years as modern magicians conjure them and add their own discoveries to the nature of these infernal beasts they all have in common is that they're characters from myth meant to symbolize instincts and subconscious drives of human beings. You want to find romance? You know, you invoke solace because he's the romantic, charming part of you. You want to burn your enemies to the fucking ground? You invoke Aim because he's the part of you that would desolate the earth to destroy those motherfuckers. And they're both sure as shit in there. You have those parts of you inside of you. We all have a destructive part. We all have uh, a charming part. We all have these characters inside of us. Do you think um, you brought up Hereditary earlier, and I know you've never seen it, but do you think part of Ari Aster's motivation for using Payman in the movie, which, like, you never see Payman. Yeah, yeah. It's basically just, like, a woman goes mad under the influence of this demonic entity attached to her family. Yeah, yeah. And you see, like, the confusion and terror that that causes. Do you think that he had any, I guess, was it deliberate? You know, definitely a, a deliberate invocation of payment because I know that they use the sigil, but it's like incorrect. Right. Yeah. I heard... It's like slightly incorrect. It looks like the sigil, but it's one of the curls of the sigil yeah, is yeah. missing so that it's more like a six, six, six than like a. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw someone wrote about how that might have been like intentionally smudged as a like a actually a magical technique. But mm-hmm. or maybe it's because they... I read that they did it wrong on purpose because they didn't want to actually invoke payment. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they definitely 
that was definitely on purpose. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like me talking about the psychological aspects of these guys, that's not me, you know, making some grand pronouncement about like, oh, I figured it all out. No, no. Like, that's yeah. that's like what Crowley said. And I love that, you know, like in Hereditary, we see the myth continued on. Yeah, 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 yeah. A funny thing about Crowley is that he really was way more psychological than anyone gives him credit for. Like he really, mm-hmm. by the end of his life, he really was like, all of this is in your mind, all of it. Like more than maybe even I'm willing to willing to go. But yeah, like, and I know other magicians with different models uh, are going to disagree with this and say they are actual spirits with actual agency and autonomy. That may be. I don't know at all what the truth is. I'm a fucking moron. And I know I don't know jack shit about the universe, but it's my understanding of it. I mean, it's what Crowley had to say about it. It makes sense to me. And maybe it's at least one way of thinking about it. It is. It's like, it's also one way of naming these sort of spirits that exist within us. Yeah. You know, putting a name to something that humans are capable of. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, and people, I'm sure there's someone listening that's like, I mean, I don't, I act like I'm sure there's one very bizarre scenario, of course, because we have tens of millions of listeners. So, yeah, yeah. Um, we but do. Like, but there's someone out there who's like, you know, I, I evoked a demon and I saw him with my eyes. I saw the whole thing. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it either. Yeah. Like I have not had the same experience, but I will say that the mind is malleable and like we invent impossible things in our minds every night. It's a cliched example, but it's true. Mm -hmm. invent impossible things all the time and like just because these things exist in the subconscious like it doesn't mean that they don't exist outside of you i mean yeah and they don't they do still exist in our world you know like the guy going and trying to shoot up comet pizza and ping pong because hillary clinton sacrificing babies to moloch right 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 you know like in that way moloch you know the idea of moloch at least kind of becomes like a parasitic entity that attaches to minds and then drives them to go do things that they wouldn't normally do yeah or it becomes a line of code in the in the universal like consciousness yeah the network of consciousness that like is the reason you know how to like use a computer or read like that's how you you learn those things from the network of information that's been shared you know throughout and like these things might be a part of you but they might not be a part of what you think of as you right they're they're part of the human mythology yeah and you the thing you think of as you isn't necessarily all of your mind it's not all of your brain like the individual is a slippery concept and it's hard to argue that it actually exists in a meaningful way there's a vast network of information that exists outside of time composed of stories emotions discoveries secrets lessons triumphs and failures to which every human mind is a a node in a larger whole and there are things that live there they're not flesh and blood. They're not alive. Like Hatman. Like fucking Hatman. <laughs> like, like fucking Hatman. Yeah, he lives there. I I drew that son of a bitch when I was a kid. Like, and I only heard about it like a couple years ago. It scared the shit out of me. Like, what was that? Where did I see that? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and but you're not it's the there. only one. And I'm not so. the only one. Yeah. There, that's something. Yeah, and these fucking they may be inseparable from humanity and perhaps inseparable from the mind of the individual, but they are real and they are powerful. And uh, they are, to what our useless egos can perceive, truly alien, even though they're a part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And really, like, there's that, that whole thing that you don't know how... Well, shit, if you were alive in Nazi Germany, chances are you'd be a Nazi. Because that's the way the population breaks down. But every single fucking person... Not me, I'd be fucked. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I, I'd like to think that, you know, I'd uh, I'd give my life making sure that you didn't get fucked. Yeah. 
And yeah, I, I would do like think, to think. I do think I would, but I have no way of knowing unless I'd be there. Mm-hmm. And perhaps I'm not. And like, what, maybe we don't need to drag me into the darkness, but somebody's not going to be that. <laughs> At least somebody yeah. thinks that they're going to be a good guy and it turns out to be evil. Turns right. out to do the bad, bad thing. Like, you don't know you until you're forced in that situation. And so, like, what demon conjuring really is, to my mind, it's a way to use symbolism and dream law, the same language they use in dreams. The robes, the robes have long sleeves, you know, that makes a T shit. Yeah. What you're doing is you're getting yourself into this altered state where you can then look at yourself yeah. and acknowledge that impulse and maybe it's mm-hmm. a good impulse maybe it's a good impulse maybe it's a bad impulse but, but your, it's one you don't your control. instinct will tell you right but then once you by so by invoking the name of god and the great i am and putting yourself at the center of the universe what you're doing is you're acknowledging like your frontal cortex mind the executive mind yeah as having authority over the rest of your mind yes and then you can look at it and you can pick out those parts that normally it helps just you make you decisions yeah helps you face fear because once you call up those impulses those demons you identify them you name them you can bind them and then you can control them instead of them controlling you yes and that's the whole fucking point of all this and i think that's a really fucking cool i think yeah. a lot of people i love that by the way i think people that you'll find online that are invoking demons are often doing it for some type of control too like they want something from the demon which is interesting because you remember i was telling you about the conversation i had with the ai and it it brought up like skanky wannabes like you know trying to come at it for offerings okay i will say demons are great at getting shit done in the material world like yeah. if you do want to, if you're like, God damn it, I want to go get laid. Like you invoke Salos and then like, you're going to subconsciously be a bit more charming. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you want to go to fucking war, you know, you invoke a demon beforehand, like you will bring out that fucking part of you. Yeah. And I also should acknowledge that like <laughs> this shit's funny because if you, even if you start doing it with like, oh, this is just the, you know, it's just a psychological thing. Yeah. Weird shit starts happening. Like that's Indeed. also true. So I don't know what that yeah. is. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, people doing the warrior pose and stuff and doing like yoga before they have to go into a big meeting or mm-hmm. something like yeah, building yeah. yourself up with these different psychological tools, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think even if there was no paranormal aspect to it at all, if that was like proven or whatever, these things would be just as useful and just as successful. Right. Even if it's all placebo, it doesn't right. matter. It doesn't matter because it's controlling, you know, as uh, Lon Milo Duquette, the, uh, the lamic writer, says, uh, it's all in your head. You just have no idea how big your head is. Uh-huh. And that's uh, <laughs> I a like good way that. to put it. It's a good way to put it. All right. Well, I think that okay. I think that about covers it. Yeah. It covers something. I'm sure I left a ton out and all that, but it covers enough. Yeah, it covers enough. Maybe uh, yeah, now y'all have a better idea of and what now, the fuck is a demon. Um, who's the horsey man that I'm going to summon after this? Orobus. Orobus. I was going to say like Orobus, but Maybe it is Orobus. Orobus, Orobus. How does it what feels better like singing it? Orobus. I don't know. I'm not going to say it because I'm afraid of him. (laughs) (laughs) How many times do I have to say it? Like, that was a different guy. That was that was weird, creepy vampire man. Oh my gosh. I don't think he's in the. All right. Well, it's been real. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. That's it for us. Take care. Be well. Don't try this at home, or at least do more homework than I did. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right.